Verse number five says, but you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses. So when God says, this is it, we are to go after it. Out of all the tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. And there you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your, of your hand, your vowed offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. So layer upon layer of giving in worship to the Lord. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your households, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. Father, thanks. Amazing illumination you give us by the Holy Spirit. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Help us to develop and grow into the image of your Son, not just to hear words. Anoint me to speak what you have revealed so that we apply those things to our growth and development, giving us power to transform. We don't need more information. We need transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe God wants to use Calvary Christian Center to be the Lighthouse Church. That's prophesied before I became your pastor. That's been confirmed time and time again. A lampstand church for our community. We have a mission to accomplish. Now watch how this all applies. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. In other words, you're not going to hit your destination, everybody doing what you want to do. That's our day. For as yet you have not come to rest in, in the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, you haven't arrived. The mission is still not complete. Then there will be the place where the Lord God, your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, sacrifices, tithes, heave offerings of your land, and all your choice offerings which you vow to the Lord. So when we're, we're, we need to be with the Lord, it's easy to give. It's blessed to give. Back in verse 5, God said, There is a place that the Lord God shall choose for you and all your tribes. said in verse 6, There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices. And where is that? In a very specific place, he said. And then he lists all the things, the sacrifices, the vows, the giving that you bring there. So God is telling his people, you don't offer offerings and sacrifices just anywhere, but in the place the Lord God chooses. That's where you bring them. Now, the reason I'm taking time to read this to you out of this text, because God's placing great emphasis on this particular principle. And he's saying, you just don't go out in life and do anything you want to do, go anywhere you want to go, just because you feel like doing it. That's what he says to his people. If you're a child of God, he has a plan for your life. He has a place where that plan is to unfold. So today, I want to speak to you about the principles of proper alignment. Seven things that will happen where God wants you in the assignment that he has for you. And I believe it's very important, so vital. When you read the chapter, you realize Israel's protection depended upon their being in the right place. Provision and blessings of God depended on them following his directives, being exactly where he wanted them to be. God told them, if you remain in this tribe, in this place where I've commanded you to be, I'll provide for you. I'll make a way for you. I'll bless you and protect you when the enemy attacks you. 
But he also warned them that if they didn't remain in their proper place, then all bets were off. All bets are off. God's primary purpose is the proper placement and alignment for your life. He has a place for your life. In Genesis 1, God created Adam. Genesis 2, he's got the garden ready for him, and he places Adam in the garden. Two powerful truths in that. First, when God effects a new birth, he doesn't leave you where he birthed you. He doesn't want you staying where you were when he found you. When God created Adam, he just doesn't give him life and walk away. He doesn't leave you where he finds you. But he has a place for you. And the word says, God himself prepared this place for Adam. Then, and then he places him there, the proper place. In the New Testament, God says he places you, once he finds you, in his body as it pleases him. But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would it be if it only had one part? (laughs) So there's a place for you. Secondly, man's purpose is spoken of in this particular place. It's manifested. Understand that God had the very first placement service in all of the world. He created it. And he takes Adam, places him in the garden, and said, your job is to cultivate this garden. Remember, I own everything, but I'm giving you power in this garden and authority in this garden to be the steward and good manager of it. So principle number one, the first assignment of God after he created Adam was to assign him to a place in life. Then he told him to go work in that place. I want you to work there. And he said, you are to do this for my glory. It's my garden. It's not yours. It's mine. But I'm giving you the power to become productive in my garden. You are to work there as my steward in this garden. Then Adam, being in the right place where God assigned him and working in that place, then God brought him his wife to that place. He brought his wife to him right there in the garden after he had gone to work. And notice that Adam had a job before he had a wife. Just a little clue for you, okay? (laughs) So don't come around looking for premarital counseling without a job, okay? Go ahead and giggle, but your marriage is going to crash and burn if you can't take care of your lady. Because God said, all right, Adam, here's the job responsibility. Fulfill it. Become productive. Do the things I've asked you to do. Create productivity, okay? Fulfill it. Now, lady, if you think you know better than God, go for it. If you say, no one understands him like I do, go for it. You're smarter than God? Sure, go ahead. But God did not bring a bride to Adam until Adam had a job. And when Adam was productive, when Adam showed himself to be a good steward, when Adam had a good future, when Adam had assets, when Adam had stuff going for him, then God said, I will bring you a bride. And if you're single, that's the kind of a man you need to be looking for. I can tell some people didn't like that point, but the next one's even better. Number two, proper alignment releases supernatural provision. Absolutely. When you get into your place in life, when you find your place, the place that God has called you to, whether it be in the business world, ministry, secular, when you find that place, that niche, that purpose for which God sovereignly gifted you, 
absolute and supernatural provision begins to flow into your life. Now, if you hate going to your job every day you get up, you're absolutely out of the will of God. You are not in God's purpose for your life. Now, you might be in a temporary situation uncomfortably. That happens. Paul said, I made tents for a period of life for this season in my life, but I know where I'm going. And full-time ministry is difficult at times. And for sure, it's always work. Always. This is not a cruise ship by any means. When it's going well, there's nothing like it. When it's going badly, there's nothing like it. Okay? The bottom line is this. I'm the most blessed person in the world because I get to do what I would do if I weren't paid a penny for doing it. Let me tell you how you know you're in the proper place. When you're doing what you would do and you don't need to be paid to do it, but you're so good at what you do, they pay you to do it. Say, no, we're going to take good care of you. And what's so sad is to get up your whole life hating to go to work. That's misery. Something's really wrong with that. You are not in your proper place. So get a plan to be in the place where God purposed for you. Plan. God's into planning. He is a planner. He wrote the book of your life before you were born. And then when you get there, like I preached to you a few weeks ago, work that with excellence. Because proper alignment releases supernatural provision. First Kings is the story. There's the famine in the land. It hadn't rained for three and a half years. And God says to the prophet Elijah, go to the brook Cherith. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Supernaturally, I'll provide for you. Now, Elijah could have developed an attitude and said, well, I don't like it over there. Some of my enemies that live over in that town. I don't want to go there. But the whole supernatural provision God had was dependent on Elijah being in the right place. When he arrived at the brook Cherith, the word says the ravens would bring him bread and meat every day and every night, two meals a day. And it was linked to him being there where God instructed him to be. If he had gone to any other geographical place, the man of God would not have had God's provision. So I'm telling you, when you get in your proper place, whether it's a service technician, an executive assistant, a nurse, wherever God has called you to go and be, where God has gifted you to do something, and you are there, and you are functioning there, you will see the supernatural provision of God. If you will be faithful to God, he'll be faithful to the gift he placed in you. If Elijah would have said, I don't like it over there, Let me tell you what would have happened. He would have died like the other thousands of others did in that famine. Divine supply flows out of divine alignment. And Elijah remained there. And as he was waiting there and eating there and drinking there, God had an indicator that he needed to get up and move to the next season in his life. The brook dried up. And sometimes the only way God can get some of us to move is through discomfort. So the word says the brook dried up. So one of my favorite themes to preach, I haven't done it here, but it was a great message years ago. What do you do when the birds won't fly and the brook goes dry? What do you do? What do you do? You go back to the source. Your source was not the brook. Your source was God. And God's saying to him, Move on. Next season, the brook is dried up. It's a sign that God has another season. Don't panic. 
Just realize God's moving you into a new place. And if you understand this, proper alignment means protection concerning your provision. Now, I'm not saying you won't go through struggles. You will. But in spite of the challenges, you know you're in the proper spot. And you may go through tight spots, even in the proper place. But ultimately, your position as to where God told you to be will protect you when the brook dries up. And if you're a child of God, remember your God's name is Jehovah Jireh. The brook you counted on thought it was going to be your supply for the rest of your life. God says, no, let me teach you this lesson again. The brook is not your source. The bank is not your source. The company you gave yourself to and they laid you off, that's not your source. I am your source. Never forget that. So don't panic if you're in a proper placement. You shouldn't have to panic. Are you in the right place? It's really important to know I'm in the right church. Thank God for our church. Thank God for this body. Because that has a lot to do with who you are. Much to do it. How many of you know you're in the right place with God? That's the most important place to be. If you're in the proper placement, God's going to take care of you. And people might spiritually starve to death all around you. But God will send a bird to you if he has to, to feed you. I believe that all the way deep into my bones. I've thought of people whom God sent here, and God placed them here, wanted them here, and they stepped out of their place. And I've sat back and watched that, and brokenhearted, saying, wow, what missteps people have made. And that's why God says, you don't do what's right in your own eyes. You do what I'm asking you to do. It's amazing. When you step out of God's alignment, the thing about being in God's will, this is why I said, Don't just go and do whatever you feel like or what you see or what you think. Even if you don't like your circumstance, you remain in God's will until he clearly reveals something else to you. And not just your opinion, but a confirmation from God and and the blessing of those over you spiritually. Then you have confirmation. Do you know how many people have stepped out of their proper placement? How many? And you watch the whole thing and it unwinds over a lifetime in their lives, and they never get to the point again of flourishing. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Key word, planted. If I could just get you planted long enough. (laughs) It doesn't happen overnight. Like in your landscaping, you start with some tiny trees, and they one day grow into productive fruit-bearing larger trees. They'll flourish you keep them planted and nourished, but transplanting them over and over, they're going to shrivel up and die, and they'll never produce. Principle number three, proper alignment demands the death of pride. Uh Uh-oh. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that, Pastor? One of the main obstacles of getting into your proper place is this pride thing. I'm not going to go to work for that person. I'm going to go out and do this on my own. Okay, I've seen people mess up their entire life because pride got into the picture. It's what caused Lucifer to lose his placement before God. He's the only one spoken of in Scripture that had the privilege of walking in the fire of God. Ooh. But there was pride in heaven before there was a devil. And he wanted to be number one. 
And that's the original sin, pride. And do you know how many people mess up their whole life because they're not humble enough to admit a mistake? I've seen people mess up their whole future. And I'm going to preach right here, okay? Life lessons. For example, you have a dream and you're hoping to see it come to pass and you get all fired up about it, but you don't, you don't apply a lot of wisdom and you go off chasing your dream It looks good in your own eyes, and you leave your spot. And here's what I've seen people do. They get way out there in their impatience, and they make missteps and won't listen to advice. And listen to me. Don't get too proud here. Come back when you've made a mistake and say, man, I learned some things here. Will you give me another chance? Here's the problem. Most people won't do that, even Christians. There are people in our church who won't do that. They make a serious mistake and too proud to correct it because proper placement will demand a death to pride. If you want God's attention, humble yourself. Humble yourself. You'll get God's attention. He'll resist the proud. He's near to those who humble themselves. They won't let me sing on the worship team. I will not sing ever. Okay, I'm going to get in your business. Proper placement demands death to your ego and pride. Do you know why I say that? Because ravens were dirty birds. Biblically, they were unclean. Can't touch them, can't eat, can't do anything with them. Elijah could have looked up and said, Bless God, I'm not going to eat anything that comes from that dirty raven. No. It was a forbidden bird. That's the messenger God chose. I'm not going to receive that from some ungodly bird. Well, he could have starved to death with that attitude. Some people were upset several years ago because a high-profile minister received the gift of a million dollars to his ministry, and they didn't like the idea that it came from someone that they didn't approve. (laughs) Somebody who owned a dog track gave him a million bucks. Well, pastor, what would you do? Thank you. It's a no-brainer. You think I'm going to ask, well, what do you think about the rapture? Are you post-trib or pre-trib? I don't care what they're thinking about. Once the money comes into our hands, it becomes gospel money. See, some people think that money makes people bad. No, they were bad when they were broke. Money just multiplies and multiplies who you are. And if you're self-centered, you're going to be self-centered when you get your hands on money. If you're godly, you're godly when there's more money because your core is postured toward the things of God. So I don't care what the guy looks like. I don't care if he's got three tattoos and 14 nose rings. I don't care. Some people get so legalistic. If it doesn't have a bun on her head, you know, she's not the proper kind of a woman of God. We don't, we don't believe in bondage anymore. We, we threw that doctrine out some time ago. <laughs> and some Christians are so mean-spirited. They get down on anybody who looks different. They see someone with a piercing. Oh, my God. Is the difference between that and having plastic surgery? What's the difference there? And we can tell when you've had yours because the facelift, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But somebody's got a piercing, you're going to condemn them to hell. I'll take all the pierced people introduced to, to another body piercer by the name of Jesus. Okay. 
He had his hands pierced, his feet pierced, his side pierced, so he could save and redeem us. So God used a dirty bird to bless that ministry of Elijah, because he couldn't get a believer to obey him. And if he can't get you to tithe, I'm praying he'll raise somebody up that will pay their tithe and honor the Lord. Then on top of that, he sends the prophet to a widow woman. Death to pride. Lessons for Elijah. He had a powerful ministry. He's learning some great life lessons. And he says, okay, now that I've humiliated you to receive your food from a dirty bird, not a dove, but a raven, dirty bird. He says, go down there to that widow woman. Now, some of you might have a problem with that because of pride. You will not go hear a woman preach. I'm grateful I belong to an organization that from its inception sent women preaching and teaching and doing missions work all over the world, at home and everywhere in the world, and recognize the call of God upon anyone who's willing to submit him herself or herself to the Lord. You won't go hear a woman preach. If Joel Osteen says it, you go, amen. Even if he doesn't use one scripture in the entire message. But if God tells you to listen to the words of a woman, listen, don't let your pride mess you up from getting what you're supposed to receive when you're in the proper place. Don't allow religious traditions. Because I've heard some women speak way better than some men. Just open your heart and listen to God's Word. Catherine Kuhlman preached some messages, the likes of which are still unmatched. Unbelievable truth she delivered. Women can know things that men don't know. Really? Yeah. Because I've sat in my office many, many times, and the wife looked at her husband and said, I told you if you did that. I told you. And I thought while I sat there, you dummy. You are a dummy. Why do you think God gave you a helpmate? Why do you think she's in your life? You need to listen. And women can identify UFOs. Unidentified female objects. (laughs) Men may not see her coming on, but the wife always does. (laughs) But pride will say, that woman ain't going to tell me anything. You go ahead, act that way, you'll lose everything. Men, you ought to say, thank you, God, for my discerning woman. Thank you, God, for my discerning woman. Thank you. You ought to listen to her more often. Principle number four, proper alignment is often preceded by a season of discomfort. Before you get to where you're supposed to be, discomfort. It's so true. Until your misery factor exceeds your fear factor, you won't move. You won't change. So I believe God has to allow us at times to get so miserable that you finally say, I can't take it anymore. God says, finally, finally, I've been trying to get you moving for over a year, but finally you're getting it. Because people prize security. People prize comfort and stability. And God loves faith. That's what God prizes, faith. And that father eagle knows it's time to move the eaglets out of the nest. I preached this to you last week. First thing he does is takes his beak and rips all the fur lining out of that nest and lets all the thorns pop. 
And the eaglet feels it. His nest was cozy and comfortable. The little baby eaglet was comfortable. Just opened its mouth and all the food just got dropped in. But now he's ready for the eaglet to fly. Puts it through a season of discomfort. Makes things a little more miserable. Stops feeding it. It gets famished. It's ripped out all the insulation. The thorns are sticking it from every direction. And he's hurting. Finally, he jumps up on the edge of the nest and says, I can't take this anymore. And then Father Eagle flies down and barks on, banging into that eaglet, knocks him off the ledge, and he's in free fall. Boom! And the eaglet is going to learn how to fly because daddy's going to be sure that the comfort ends and the ability to do what you're designed to do kicks in. And you will never fly if you're too comfortable. That's why I refuse to get comfortable in my walk with the Lord, because I know there's another season. There's always another new place, because there's always a new level, and a, new, a new experience in the Lord, a new revelation of His truth. Don't ever get too comfortable. What you can tolerate, you will never change. So God has a way of moving you to a place called discomfort. Principle number five. Proper alignment releases ministry and the glory of God. Wow. Now watch. Go home and read Exodus 4. There God said to Moses, you build the tabernacle after the pattern I show you. He says that over and over and over and over to Moses. After the pattern I show you. And he he says, Sister Moses, you do not get to arrange the furniture. No. No. Moses is told what pieces of furniture to create. And he's told exactly where each piece of furniture is to be placed. And God has a plan and a purpose for each purpose and each, each piece of furniture. Every part of that tabernacle had to be exactly the way God commanded it. Every piece of it had its proper placement in the tabernacle. And when everything was in the place that God had commanded, when the table of showbread, when the brazen labor, when they were all in their proper spots where God wanted them to be, then the glory of God filled the place. Same thing happened in Solomon's temple. He built it just like God told him to. Then the glory of the Lord fell. Because proper alignment releases the glory of God on a person's life. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when you get yourself properly aligned in the will of God... In local ministry, it releases the glory of God on your temple. Cannot emphasize that importance more enough. And stay in it when you get there. Even when it seems boring, stay in it. Because that is your glory connection. Being in the place God assigned. Number six, improper alignment. Improper alignment will subject you to sinful temptation. You get out of alignment, you're a target. You get out of alignment, easy pickings for the enemy who goes about as a roaring lion, seeking those out of alignment. First words God spoke to Adam after he fell, after he sinned, were about his alignment. When Adam fell, God comes strolling through the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Remember when I told you, When God asks a question, it's not for his benefit. It's for yours. As he already knows the answer. And and sin drove him out of his place. It drove him out of the place God prepared for him. 
Let me tell you what will happen when you, you, you sin and disobey the master. God has prepared you in Eden. He has a plan for your life. He's prepared all the provision Adam would have ever needed. It was all there for him in the garden. It wasn't just handed to him. He had to participate. He had to work the garden, make it productive. And every dream he could have ever aspired to attain was inside that garden. And the success was guaranteed if he would have stayed in the place that God directed him to. And it just remained, serving God, doing what he asked. Don't touch that one tree. Everything else in the place is yours. But when he fell into sin, it caused him to be driven out of that proper place. And now the angel stands there with a flaming sword saying, you can't come in here because of your sin. So sin is not a game. Messing around with God's principles is not a game. It can cost you everything concerning God's perfect plan for your life. And you're out of place when you're living a sinful lifestyle, and God cannot bless that. Whoa, really? Really? Jonah got everybody on that ship in trouble. Everybody. One believer out of place. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and God sent him to Whale University, and he spent three nights on a foam mattress. And that big fish vomited him out, and God got through to him. Oh, yeah. And he said, God, I'm on a proper place. Give me one more chance, please. I will go to my proper place because I don't like what the alternative is. He humbled himself. Okay? The book of Ruth is about a woman named Naomi. She's married to a man. The famine comes to Bethlehem. And the word Bethlehem, name Bethlehem, means bread, house of bread. Also has an alternative name, praise, house of praise. It's a place of bread, provision, and praise. But when the famine came, he takes his whole family and leaves Bethlehem, the house of praise, and the house of bread. It's a dangerous thing for you to get out of your proper placement. Dangerous for you to turn your back on God. Dangerous to step away from where God placed you. Dangerous for you not to take the church that God planted you in loyally and walk with God seriously in the place that God has placed you. Dad, when you walk through a famine, that's not when you slack off. That's when you stay faithful to the Lord. You stay in the land of bread. You stay in the place where the word is. He bolted out of the house of bread. And stay in the land of praise. Because he left Bethlehem, he goes to Moab, and the word says he died. Died there. And his two sons died. And Naomi and Ruth and Orpah returned as widows. They were all now three widows. Because one man decided he was going to take his entire family out of proper alignment that God had for them. Just because times were rough. So whoever the Lord's speaking to today, listen very carefully. Lot, what are you doing? I'm going over to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why are you going over there? I can make more money over there. Grass is greener over there. What kind of church do they have over there in Sodom and Gomorrah? Have you checked out the church? Aren't you concerned about your family? Is that all your life is about, making money, doing well? I never believe you should move for money, ever. As we have people who have come to pastors and said, you know, I've got this promotion opportunity, or I've got this opportunity to move to this place. And sometimes even 
come and ask that question. They just announce it. (laughs) Sometimes it may be God. Occasionally it may be God. But the first thing you ought to do is say, my wife and I are going to go and search for a quality church for we ever consider a move. There's got to be, first of all, a great church for my family because there are some things more important than another zero at the end of my paycheck. I understand this. When I tell you, don't move for money, I have lived that. There have been times I could have moved for money. I did not move for money. I don't want to miss the will of God. There are some things more important than money. Lot said materialism is more important to me than covenant. And as long as Lot hung out with the right people, he lived in blessing. He moved to Sodom and Gomorrah out of proper alignment, and the hand of God lifted off of him. He lost his wife. He lost his daughters. Lost his family. Lost everything. Because he stepped out of his proper place. David was sitting at home when it was time to go off to war. Spring of the year. He was to lead his troops on the battlefield. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, hanging out on the rooftop of his palace. And he flips on his satellite television, and he's watching NFL today. And in between timeouts, he flips on the porno channel. Now, what if he'd been in the proper place? What if he had suited up with his whole armor, What if he had been off fighting the good fight? But he remained home in clicker in hand. Now remember, tonight, your team will lose. You need to be in church (laughs) at the table of the Lord. And he let junk enter into his eye gate and got out of place. And when you get out of place, And what you look at and what you listen to, it's just a matter of time. Any place your eyes will wander, your body will follow. That's why you must keep control of those beady eyes of yours. They'll mess you up in the day we're living in. Don't allow filth to come into your home. If it's coming into your home, demons will travel in with them into the influence of your life. And you'll be constantly defeated constantly being beaten down and out of your place. There's another story. It's amazing. The disciples are out in their boat. They're in a storm on the lake. And Jesus comes walking on the water. And the word says, and he would have passed them by. And that quickens something in my spirit. And the Holy Spirit is saying, understand, when people don't obey me and they don't trust me, listen, I'm always coming to them with a miracle always coming to help them. But I have to pass them by and pass them by and pass them by. You don't know how many blessings have passed you by that would have been yours had you been in the right place, aligned with him. Because if you're just off by a few degrees and he's over there and you're over here and you're focused on something you shouldn't be focused on, he will pass you by. David caused tens of thousands of people to die because he stepped out of his place. 70,000 men died because he disobeyed God and numbered the people. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. Proper alignment. Number seven, proper alignment will solve most of the problems of life. Really? Really. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You will marry the right mate. 
if you live in the right city, if you attend the right church. See, those are very important decisions you get to make, and you make them in alignment with God, living in the right place, marrying the right person, attending the right church, having the right position, hanging out with the right people. Most of the remaining problems you'll ever have are all solvable. So you need to get into proper alignment. I love the story of the prodigal son because the prodigal son is living in a pig pen. But he said, I will arise and go to my father. This place is not where I need to be. This is not the right place. No satisfaction, wasted life. I will go to my father's house. I'm getting back in proper alignment. I've even got to be a servant in the house. Whatever. It's better than where I am. He arose and goes home. He's totally restored. And God will do the same thing for you. Now, while I've been preaching, I've noticed a few of you ducking a little bit. That's okay. Listen to me. We serve a God of restoration. And he says, stop bouncing back and forth. Stop the sin stuff. Sell out to me because I have a plan and I have a place. And if you will stand in that place, I'll bring everyone you need in your life in order for your life to be fulfilled. I'll bring to the garden a mate. I will bring to the garden the provision. I will bring to the garden friends. All that you need if you'll trust me instead of taking up life in your own hands, doing what is right in your own eyes. I'm telling you the truth. God wants to bless you. He made places before he made people. He's got a plan for you, a place for you. So you you need to be careful and accountable Those are two very important matters because missing God's will, the consequences are severe when you miss the will of God. And when you're in the will of God, you're safer in the perfect will of God in Afghanistan than you are out of the will of God in Yuba City. very important that you track with the Lord. And here's where the problem lies, folks. That which is right in their own eyes. When your eyes dictate what you're going to do, what's right in your sight, what you think, that's arrogant and it's pride. My alternative is what is right in your eyes? That's humility, and that's accountability. So that's where the choice boils down to in a simple equation. That's what God was saying to his people. You don't do what's right in your eyes. You do what I've chosen for you. There you're going to be blessed. And that's where the tension and the tug of war happens. And what's right in my eyes and what's right in his eyes. God's perfect will is the most blessed place you'll ever live because what he has for you is far better than anything you could have ever chosen for yourself. And I pray, Lord, don't ever allow me to miss you. Don't allow me to lead my family incorrectly. Don't let me chase something else and miss you. Don't allow me to be in any situation where I might fail you because of improper alignment. Don't allow me to be out of place. Keep me in my place. Jesus' name.